Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Well, hey everyone. Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. As you can tell from my voice and my lack of a distinctive English accent, I am not Tina. That's because Tina is running the London Marathon, and she needed a little bit of a break from the podcast, so I thought I'd fill in for her, and we wish her luck at the London Marathon, and anybody that's running London or running a marathon around this time, we wish you the best of luck. Today, we're going to chat with Jason Fitzgerald and Ann Monty, the creators of the Nutrition for Runners program. Now, I know nutrition is somewhat complicated and can be a confusing topic, so what we're going to focus on in this interview is actionable tips that you can use right away to start eating better. For example, Jason and Ann are going to give you two awesome tips for exactly what it means to eat real, whole foods and how you can make the quick decision when at the grocery store. We're also going to talk about topics like the most common struggles runners face and how to combat them, why dieting is the wrong way to look at your nutrition, misconceptions runners have about breakfast, and how to avoid the most common problems. Now, this interview is about 30 minutes long, but even in that short time, I found about 8 to 10 immediate actionable takeaways that you'll be able to implement in your training right away to start fueling and training smarter. Before we get started, I wanted to mention that if you want to learn more about the Nutrition for Runners program, you can visit runnersconnect.net slash nutrition plan, all one word. Now, I know you're really going to love this interview, so let's go ahead and get started. Well, hi, Ann. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, chat with us about what I think is a really important uh, aspect of running that most people uh, don't get right or, or struggle with is nutrition. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. Great. Um, so obviously, we're going to cover nutrition today and, and really talk about nutrition specifically for runners. And I want to get started with, I guess, probably the obvious question or what I feel like is the obvious question is, um, you know, you see, obviously, both of you work with a lot of runners. Um, and some of them have uh, trouble with nutrition, or at the very least, they're asking questions about it. So in your experience, what, if, what do you see to be the most common struggles with nutrition from the runners that you work with? Yeah, so the main thing that I see all the time is runners complaining about being hungry all the time, especially for runners who are marathon training or doing more of the endurance-focused um, training. Um, yeah, just really being hungry all the time is the thing that I see most often. Um, that and, you know, which goes in hand, hand in hand with not pairing foods correctly and basically not refueling soon enough after workouts. So what happens is basically the runner starts kind of, you know, on this pattern of underfueling, and then that just leads to them being super hungry all day. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something we talk a lot about in the program about how to balance meals so that they're more satisfying and also how to tackle some of those really intense sugar cravings and things like that and how to avoid them actually by, you know, getting your proper nutrition in early. Yeah, so, uh, so Anne, just to follow up, you know, why do you think that's such a common struggle? Is it, do you think that runners don't know about the proper post-recovery you know, our post-recovery nutrition, or is it that they get busy, or, you know, what, what has been your experience with why they're not getting, you know, great post-run recovery? I think it's a couple of things. I think people are busy, obviously, so they're maybe not planning well. Um, another thing is, I, I don't think people realize how much they actually need to refuel, especially if they are doing extremely long runs. Um, I see a lot of my clients, um, when they come to me, they, they end up 
the biggest mistake I see is that they wait a really long time to refuel. So they finish their 20 mile run and then they, you know, take half an hour coming home and then they have a 45 minute, you know, ice bath, shower, foam roll. And before they know it, it's been two hours and they haven't done any sort of refueling. And that really sets you up for that constant starvation that whole day, just because your body's not getting what it needs right away. And also it's not going to be as efficient at repairing itself if you're not refueling sooner. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, one more follow-up, and then I'll definitely get to uh, ask Jason. But um, so just quickly, I know it's a, a kind of a complicated topic, but uh, you know, what's uh, what are what should runners be looking for in their post-run nutrition? So the best thing for right after um, you finish a run is going to be that protein and carb combination, and um, it's usually going to be about about three or four to one carbs to protein is kind of the general ratio that you want. Um, we don't recommend getting crazy with trying to calculate this, but basically just make sure what you're having has some sort of protein and some sort of carbs in it. So um, Jason and I both are big fans of the chocolate milk or you know smoothie type approach right after run or Greek, a flavored Greek yogurt is good. And the reason is because those are easy, quick things that you can have right after, and especially with the... Um, liquid type fuel is nice because if you're feeling a little queasy after a run or if it's hot or you know that's something that you can have right away that you don't really need to be you know your stomach doesn't need to be feeling amazing to have that um, and then you can have that while you're foam rolling while you're in the ice bath whatever and then um, you know an hour later once you've kind of gotten yourself together you can have a real meal um, yeah no that that's great advice that's that's been my experience as well is the, the easier and quicker that you can make it and the simpler on the stomach, then the more likely it's going to work and that people are going to get it in. So absolutely great advice. Um, so Jason, you know, what, what has been, if with your experience, what has been, you know, some of the bigger problems that runners have struggled with when they come to you with nutrition questions? Well, I would definitely say that, you know, I agree with Anne that I, I think most runners are um, not fueling properly throughout the day. So then, then, you know, they get to the end of the day and they're just ravenously hungry. Uh -huh. And uh, snacking is definitely a huge problem that I see with a lot of runners. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've asked thousands of runners, what is your number one problem with nutrition? And you'd be surprised at how many runners say, I am fine throughout the day, but then as soon as it gets to be about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, I can't control myself and I'm just uh, unstoppable when it comes to snacking. So, you know, that was a big goal with us. Um, you know, when we tried to tackle this topic was how do you structure um, an, an eating program throughout the day where they, uh, a runner will get to the evening hours and not be so ravenously hungry. Um, but, you know, I, I think the other big mistake that, um, or not necessarily a mistake, but just a struggle that runners are having with their nutrition is um, <clears throat> they are trying to be uh, perfect with their diet and they're trying to um, you know, calculate every single macronutrient and come up with formulas and scoring systems and count calories. And, you know, it's, it's been shown time and time again that these are enormous barriers to actually adhering to a specific diet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're very anti-diet. We don't want runners following a, quote, diet. We just want them to eat healthier according to principles that are going to be sustainable in the long term. So we don't have runners count calories or figure out what percentage of their meal was carbohydrate or protein because not only do I think that's just too difficult for most people to actually calculate, but who really wants to do that? I know I don't. I would rather enjoy my meal, have seconds if I feel like I really want to, and not really worry about, 
oh, was there 700 calories in that meal or 780 calories? Because at the end of the day, I think if you're focusing instead on a more intuitive eating approach uh, and really getting to know you know, your body and, and when it's full and when it's not full, you're going to learn more about yourself and ultimately I think you're going to have a better relationship with food. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. I, I definitely agree in terms of trying to make it a lot more simple. Uh, I think definitely runners overcomplicated. Um, I know obviously this is a big part of your program, uh, but if, we, if you could give like maybe one or two tips about um, how to avoid that, that ravenous feeling at the end of the day, um, you know, what would, what would be your number one tip or, or piece of advice? Sure. So I, I think my number one tip would be uh, to front load your calories and eat a lot more during the morning hours. Uh, I think, you know, what, what we find with runners is that the majority of them tend to run in the morning and, you know, they might have uh, something really simple like a banana or, you know, an energy bar before their run and then, um, you know, they'll, they'll have some sort of refueling option right after their run, maybe a glass of chocolate milk like we recommend or, or a smoothie. Uh, but then, you know, th there's this big period after that where they don't eat anything or they'll have a very small breakfast. Uh, and then a lot of runners will, you know, try to be healthy and have like a salad with some chicken on it for lunch. And then, you know, at the end, it comes to a, 2 or 3 o'clock, and they haven't even had um, that many calories throughout the day, and they get really hungry. And then, you know, this kind of kicks off that cycle of snacking that we're trying really hard to stop. So um, when a runner can front load their calories, uh, take in more calories during the morning hours, they're going to be much more better off than uh, the runner who doesn't do that and tends to uh, back load their calories and eat more uh, at dinner time and then after dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny, my experience has definitely mirrored, uh, you know, both of yours in the sense of, you know, one of the biggest things that I, or mistakes that I see is runners not eating enough. Um, you know, it's amazing when you tell them, you know, especially ones that do count calories, they'll say, oh, you know, I'm eating like 2,200 calories a day. And, you know, you show them, you know, what, what it looks like. Okay, well, this is how much you're, you're burning, you know, metabolically. And then this is, you know, what you burn during your run. And then you're like, yeah, that's actually like 3,500. So no wonder why you're hungry all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, my, my experience has definitely mirrored, uh, you know, both of yours in terms of, you know, that bigger mistake of, you know, under eating and, and not fueling properly. So um, definitely cool to see that it, that it matches up. Um, you know, moving towards it, kind of kind of the next question, the next section. You know, what do you think is the the biggest misconception about nutrition for runners that you know, with, with runners that you work with, they come with either these um, ideas that are uh, uh, wrong or maybe kind of have this myth around them, or you know, what's that misconception? Uh, do you think, Anne? So actually, this one is a good one for Jason because I think that he had this misconception himself. So I think the number one biggest misconception that runners have about nutrition is that you can eat junk food all day and it doesn't matter what you eat because you're running so much anyway. So I think people really underestimate, you know, that it does actually matter what you're putting into your body and that you will notice a difference you know, a, a thousand calories from McDonald's is not going to be the same as a thousand calories from real whole food with a lot of nutrients. And um, like I was saying, I think Jason can speak to this because I know that he's changed some things since we started uh, working on this program together and seen some good results. Yeah, Jason, yeah. asked about it. <clears throat> Absolutely. So I definitely had that same conception that, 
if you're running enough and the, if the intensity is high enough, then you'll burn those calories. Uh, and, and you, and you kind of do. Um, you know, I've, <clears throat> I'm, I'm the kind of runner where, you know, I weigh about 125 pounds. I look like kind of the stereotypical distance runner. I don't put on weight easily. I can, you know, my wife will sometimes make fun of me for eating a sleeve of chocolate chip cookies, which, you know, I'm not super proud of admitting, but it has happened from time to time. Uh, and, and I realized that you really shouldn't um, run to eat. You should eat to run. And, you know, this, this big distinction has uh, really helped my running over the last, uh, I would say, four or five months. Um, where, you know, I focused a lot more on whole food nutrition. I've cut out a lot of the crap that I was eating. And, you know, by making a few strategic changes with, with my diet, uh, you know, I, I've, you know, I was telling my wife, you know, a few months ago, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders. I feel like I'm Wolverine, you know. And um, I think when you're getting, you know, when you can double the number of nutrients that you're getting in your diet just by avoiding all kinds of processed foods, then you're going to feel a lot better. Your recovery is going to increase. Um, you know, how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis when you go out for a run is going to feel uh, significantly better. You're just going to have more energy. Um, so I'll definitely speak to that, uh, you know, and, I, and I've, you know, personally experienced that firsthand. Uh, but I think the other big um, kind of misconception that runners have, and, and maybe this goes along with the personality of distance runners. You know, we love to keep a training log and track our mileage and record all of our splits. And, you know, my runners would tell me, oh, I didn't run four miles. I ran 4.08. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, but, you know, we love to keep track of numbers, and running is such a numbers-oriented sport. And so runners will very often carry that over into their nutrition and their diet, and they will obsess about the numbers. They will count every calorie. They will... Um, try to use a diet system that assigns every single food they put into their mouth a score, and then that adds up at the end of the day. Um, and, and, you know, like I was talking about before, I just think that, uh, you know, and, and this is true with, with Anne's private practice clients, uh, this is true with the runners that I coach, that this kind of a strategy is, is A, not sustainable, and it's B, not necessary. So uh, if you can get everything you need from your diet, to help your running, uh, to help you not only run faster, but maybe train harder, recover faster, uh, then it's going to be a lot more um, beneficial for you as a runner, and there's going to be a lot less headache involved with your diet, and it's going to be a lot easier to to adhere to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I definitely I definitely agree, and, and I've seen that as well as with runners that will email me uh, diet questions, and you know the, the numbers that they're giving me, I'm like, wow, you're really overthinking this. Um, you know, so Anne, how do you, you know, what's, you know, since you have a lot of experience with this, what's your approach when somebody comes in with, you know, all these numbers and it's just really just how do you start that turnaround process of let's not focus on the numbers, let's focus on, you know, what we really need to, to making it more simple. I know that's, I know that's a, a, a tough question, but, you know, if, if I guess what's the first step in terms of guiding them down that, uh, that path? Yeah, so a lot of my clients, most of my clients actually come to me after having tried a lot of dieting in the past, um, which has usually led to getting a little bit, um, you know, just too rigid in what they're eating, um, being a little bit kind of obsessed with food, um, generally ignoring hunger cues and feeling hungry all the time and things like that. So honestly, the first thing we talk about is just the, the fact that that's not sustainable. I mean, it's not something that you can do forever. I mean, 
if you, you know, calorie counting and dieting and things like that in the short term, of course they work, but they're not going to be sustainable. You're going to rebound, maybe gain more weight than before, or you're not going to be fueling adequately for your runs, and that's going to be detrimental to your performance. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons to not take that approach and so many reasons to take the more intuitive approach. Um, you know, just thinking about counting calories and being that specific about where you're eating, I mean, it really takes the joy out of food, too. And I think, you know, people forget that eating should be fun and that you shouldn't feel ravenous all day long if you're fueling adequately. Um, and again, in terms of runners, just really focusing on the fact that, you know, taking the more intuitive eating approach is not only more sustainable, but it's also going to be more safe and more effective for their runs because they're going to be fueling more efficiently, they're going to be recovering better. Um, and it can be really dangerous to try and take too restrictive of an approach while you're also training hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. A lot of people really freak out when I first say, okay, you know, we're going to take this approach where you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And it makes people really nervous um, to not have any sort of guidelines like that. Um, but eventually what people realize is that if they really are placing all foods, you know, in limits, nothing's off limits, Mm -hmm. then those foods that used to be so appealing to them, you know, when they weren't allowed to have them, have really lost their power because, you know, it's no longer something that's foreign. They can actually have it if they want, but it might, um, you know, only thing is they have to actually pay attention when they're having it. And mm -hmm. a lot of the time clients say, you know, I was eating this cookie thing that I always eat at work in the afternoons and I actually paid attention and I realized I didn't even like it. <laughs> it happens all the time. So it's just, it's really about thinking about, an approach that you can take for the rest of your life that's going to make you feel good, it's not going to have you obsessing about food, it's going to be fueling you right for your runs. Um, yeah, I mean really the only time that we say that counting calories at least at first is okay is for during your runs uh -huh. because that's the time when it intuitive eating is a little tough when you're at mile 16 and you're maybe feeling a little <laughs> nauseous and <laughs> tired. Um, so we do, for for that period of time, especially as you're getting used to it, at a certain point you'll know what your needs are. Um, but for that, you do kind of want to get a general idea. But other than that, you know, this approach can, it really works. It really works. And it takes so much of the stress out of it. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. And it actually, it's a great follow segue into my next question, which was going to be about, you know, what I would call either they either kind of calling them wonder diets or fad diets. Um, specifically talking about things like paleo and Atkins, you know, and, and in my experience, you know, kind of segmenting is that, you know, some of these diets limit foods that are are very healthy, and they limit them for not for no reason other than like, for example, paleo. Just well, it wasn't available in the paleo Paleolithic age, so we don't eat oatmeal, which is a fantastic source of carbohydrates for runners. You know, it's low glycemic index. It's you know low calorie, but but really great in fiber and carbohydrates. And then you eliminate it because just because randomly you decided you wanted to eat like a caveman. Um, so that's, that's, that's always been my problem with those diets, and it sounds like that is the case in, 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 I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that's, you know, your you know, main issue with those types of diets is that they're so restricting that it makes it difficult. It does, and not only that it makes it difficult to eat that way, but again, it really makes those foods that are off-limits so much more appealing, just because you can't have them, and, and that really... I see with clients that have come to me after trying to do really restrictive diets like that, and you know, and they kind of have had these then, you know, overdo, underdo cycles because they basically are, you know, trying to be quote good and you know not taking enough, and then they just kind of had that screw it, I'm gonna eat this entire cake, 
and you know it kind of becomes this huge yo-yo and there's a lot of guilt attached to food then and and I think you know everyone's different you know some people are going to thrive on a vegetarian diet or eating more meat or eating less meat or not eating beans or whatever and you know the, the thing that I do like about a lot of the diets recently including paleo is that you know especially paleo actually is that it actually focuses on real food uh -huh. and quality of food um, so I think you know that and vegan actually when you really think about it, it can be more similar than you think just because you know the main premise is that you want to be eating whole real food um, and so I think that is kind of the takeaway you know there's something good in all of these but you know trying to get away from that you know I can't eat this restrictive approach because that just really sets people up for failure yeah, you know, that's great because my follow-up is, 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 you know, I think we hear that a lot, you know, eat the whole foods, you know, the natural whole foods, those kind of things. Uh, but I think the problem is that sometimes becomes an ambiguous term for people, you know, like, well, what is a whole real food? You know, it, you know what's marketed as healthy? Is this real? You know, um, you know, Jason, what do you think are some of the, the bigger misconceptions about, you know, what is, what is real food? What is whole food? And, uh, you know, what are some good guidelines for runners to follow to, to, to make that term less ambiguous? And, you know, because I sometimes, I, I hear it all the time too, and then I, I don't really have a great concrete vision of what it is, even though I understand nutrition. And um, I think it must be even more difficult for runners that don't understand nutrition to just hear this word, whole foods, real foods, and then, you know, what, besides like fruits and vegetables, you know, like what, what does that mean? Yeah, it, it can get very tricky, um, especially because in, in today's, in today's supermarket, there are so many foods that are packaged and marketed and sold as a, quote, natural food uh, that simply aren't. They're processed foods. Um, and, and I think what's, what's probably most helpful for, for runners and, and really anyone is to, to think how close is this to its original form. So, you know, if you pick an apple from a tree, that's as close to its initial form as possible. Um, you know, if you get a package of... Um, you know, apple slices and they're in some sort of watery syrup, well, okay, you're still getting some apples, but that's a more processed version. So I think it's helpful to think about this issue as a spectrum. And, you know, there's certainly whole real foods that exist on, you know, the most unaltered end of that spectrum. Uh, and, and that's probably what we would recommend you try to fill most of your diet with. Uh, and then, you know, you'll have fast food and things like that on the opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, and, and I think where a lot of runners have problems is there's all those foods in the middle that uh, are, are very common these days, but, uh, you know, they're not really sure. Is this a real food? Is this a processed food? And the answer is tricky because it's kind of both, right? Um, and so, you know, if, if a runner were to focus on whole grain types of carbohydrate sources, uh, fruit, vegetables, uh, nuts and seeds, uh, meat that is, you know, ideally organic and grass-fed. Um, I know that's a little difficult for some people. So, um, you know, just uh, meat like, you know, chicken and, and beef are probably the two classic examples. Um, you know, when you start getting into deli meats and cured meats, then, you know, those are more processed versions of, of those uh, types of meat. Um, and, and so if you're focusing on those foods, you're probably covering most of your bases. Um, but I think Anne can probably um, shed a little bit more light from, from her experience with her private clients. Yeah, I, the key here is, like you said, that recognizing that there is that spectrum and not everything you eat is certainly going to be that perfect apple right from the tree. I mean, for the most part, it, you know, 
it's there's going to be a little bit of leeway, and that's okay. You know, this isn't something that should stress people out. Um, but you know, for example, one easy thing that you can do if you are at the grocery store and you're buying something that is packaged to find, you know a more minimally processed version of it, just look at that ingredient list and see, you know, how long is the ingredient list? Hopefully it's short. Are there a million things on here that sound like weird, scary um, chemical things that I don't even understand? Um, are there a ton of additives that don't really need to be here? Um, one example we use in um, in the program actually is talking about ice cream because um, we do, you know, say indulgence is good. You just need to be paying attention and enjoying it if you're going to indulge. So one example we use is ice cream, and there's one example that's a whole good kind of real version that has, I think, you know, milk, egg yolks, cream, sugar. And then there's one that has this massive list. It's kind of like a diet ice cream, uh -huh. um, you know, with all sorts of weird gums and chemical names and things like that. And so really just look at those. That's the easiest thing you can do is just take, you know, ignore the rest of the, li of the ingredient list or the um, uh product label and just look at that ingredient list and say, are these things that I actually recognize as real food? And that is the easiest thing you can do to improve your health. Yeah. No, those are two amazing pieces of advice and for looking at the labels and really trying to look at the ingredients list. You know, is, is it all this junk or is it just a few things that make up the main product? And, and obviously, Jason, too, I like the idea of, you know, how far along is this in the spectrum from when it was a real food, you know, mm -hmm. to, to where it is now? You know, what's that, you know, how far away is it? I think those are two really practical, actionable things that people can take away and, and start at least making those changes. So that, that's fantastic. Um, and I know you guys touched on this, and I, and I always feel like I always, I guess my pet peeve is always the, um, the, the foods that are, and I'm sure it's both of you as well, the foods that are marketed as healthy. And then, you know, you look at the, you know, you see it all the time with like cereals and mm -hmm. you know, it's healthy and you're like, look at all the ingredients in there that are just, it's just nothing. Or like you said, the diet ice cream where it's like all this junk. It's like, you know, just eat something real. <laughs> uh, and this, I see this a lot. Yeah. Especially with breakfast stuff, it seems mm -hmm. breakfast stuff and snacks. It seems like these are the two main offenders in this category. Like things like instant oats with tons of sugar added and, you know, granola bars that are super high in sugar with massive ingredient lists and things that are marketed as being healthy, but mm -hmm. really aren't. And I think it's, yeah, it's it's tough because people don't know the difference sometimes, and you know marketers have really taken advantage of that, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will uh, add to that. You know, I think breakfast is probably the best meal of the day that is uh, up for improvement. Uh, it seems like, especially in the United States, it it really seems like breakfast has turned into kind of a dessert meal where, yeah. uh, you know, you can eat pop tarts or frosted you know, uh, Nutrigrain bars and all these foods that are enormously high in sugar but don't actually offer a lot of other macronutrients and, and other smaller nutrients that are really beneficial and that will actually keep you full. Uh, and this, you know, it really just ties into the, to the entire philosophy that we have of um, focusing on real food and then, you know, what I mentioned earlier, trying to front load your calories. If you're just eating simple sugars all morning and, mm -hmm. and most if you run in the morning, you're particularly susceptible to this because you'll have some some simple sugars before your run. You'll refuel mostly with you know some simple sugars, and then if your breakfast is a more conventional breakfast, then you've mostly eaten just um, 
simple sugars all morning long and that's when you run into really big snacking problems later in the afternoon and evening because you're not focusing on foods that are going to keep you full for uh, a longer period of time and so if, if you know there, there's a couple actionable items the listeners here can take away from is you know focus on real food particularly in the morning and that will set the tone for the rest of the day you're not going to be as hungry you're going to snack less uh, you're going to refuel a lot, a lot more uh, efficiently, especially if you run in the morning. Uh, and, and I think you'll see a lot uh, more health benefits from that kind of a strategy as well. Yeah, yeah no, that's, this, that's fantastic advice. This is one of the biggest things that I, mistakes that I see clients making is just doing those simple sugars, like uh, simple carbohydrates in the morning, whether it's a you know, cereal bar or um, a piece of toast with jam or just something very simple and small in the morning. And you know, leaving out that protein and fat entirely, and it really does lead. You know, then they then they're starved by 10 a.m. You know, lunch isn't going to be enough to satisfy them, and it just kind of leads into that whole cycle of just being really hungry all day because you're never really getting catching up from the morning. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and I think very actionable for anybody that's listening to this. You know, like start with the breakfast, at least start there, and then continue to build off that. And I agree 100%. If you can get it started off right, and think of breakfast more as a whole foods, you know, getting the protein, getting, you know, uh, food that, that satisfies you, it's going to make a big, big difference. Um, so, you know, obviously you guys have uh, know your stuff and it's, and it's apparent and, and I, I love the diet that you put together in terms of it being simple and practical. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the actual specific product that you have in terms of what's included. Um, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about your, your generalized approach, but kind of talk a little bit about the product itself. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Ann and I created a uh, Nutrition for Runners program that uh, has the goal of helping you reach your ideal weight, fuel properly for your runs, and then be energized for, for all of your workouts. Um, and so what we've included in the program are you know, our top principles of healthy nutrition for runners. Um, and uh, you know, we go over some of the things that we talked about here. Uh, there's some additional things as well, but you know, we have a much more extensive fueling section for uh, you know races from 5K all the way up to the marathon. Um, but but I think the really unique part of this program is that um, you know Ann and I didn't just kind of sit in a dark room and create this just by ourselves. Um, you know, we really brought in a lot of outside experts to not only influence the content but also to give their direct uh, advice for you know how runners should should be eating and fueling for their workouts. So you know we interviewed uh, you know a, a collection of um, both coaches and dietitians and and uh, runners about you know all different uh, very specific topics when it comes to nutrition for runners. So there's uh, there's half marathon and marathon fueling. Uh, we spoke with. Mario Fraioli, who's a senior editor at Competitor Magazine. Um, I'm really excited about our interview with Nancy Clark, who is probably the country's most well-known um, sports dietitian. She consults with the Boston Red Sox and the, uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Um, and then, of course, we included training plans. Um, and and it, we've gotten a couple of questions. You know, why did you include training plans in a nutrition program? But, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in... Uh, diet being the, the first way that you not only reach and maintain your ideal weight, um, but it's really important to do the right kind of training. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of runners kind of exercising more, but they're not really training specifically for a race. And so when their training is structured a particular way, um, 
weight loss becomes a lot easier and then maintaining your ideal weight becomes a lot easier. And we even have some some training plans that are specifically designed for weight loss and these are these are to be used before a more race specific training phase because um, we're not big believers in trying to lose weight and train for a race at the same time because I think some of those goals are contradictory and you know you kind of end up not accomplishing either of them. Um, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's kind of dangerous territory when you start doing that. You're you end up underfueling and you know not not doing the type of workouts that are really going to aid weight loss, but then also you know you're not even fueling for them to begin with. Um, and did I miss anything about what we included in the program? So the thing that I'm most excited about in this program is the meal guide and recipe section. Um, and the, so in addition to having an extensive recipe section, um, we also include a lot of meal ideas. So things you can throw together really easily that you don't actually need a full recipe for. Um, I'm a big fan of simple, easy, quick stuff. I don't want to spend all day in the kitchen. I'd rather be out running or doing other stuff. So you know, you're not going to find super complicated recipes in here. And, and the ideas, uh, the meal ideas are even faster and easier. Um, and I think one other thing that really sets this program um, apart from other ones is that in the meal guide, we um, include instructions for how to plan your um, day of eating based on what time of day you run. Um, and I think that was something that, that's pretty unique. Um, I know a lot of runners that we talked to really wanted advice regarding this because people were sometimes all over the map. You know, what did they do if they need to run in the afternoon instead of the morning and they that throws off their normal schedule or... What if someone has to run, you know, in the evening before dinner or, you know, all sorts of things. So we include a lot of different scenarios and real and guides but not exact plans because we wanted to teach people how to do this um, versus telling them what to do. So this way they can actually translate it into something that they can continue to do on their own because it's not just, you know, here's exactly what to eat. It's really giving them the skills to figure out um, themselves what they should eat, so then they can actually continue to do that in the future without our, uh, without having a specific you know meal plan. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's great stuff, and uh, it, I, I've been through the program. I've seen it all. I I, I really really enjoy it. Um, I think it's uh, really really fantastic. You guys put together a great resource. Um, so I encourage people to check it out. Um, the link for it will be. Um, uh, I'm actually going to email out the link, so for, for people that are watching this video, you have the email link uh, to sign up for, for that uh, for that program. It's fantastic. I def definitely recommend it. And Anne and Jason, I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to chat with us and to give us some actionable advice. I think it was fantastic, and uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. It was a blast. Thanks, guys. So thank you so much for listening to this entire interview. I really hope that by the end, you found just as much actionable advice that you could apply to your training as I did when I was conducting it. I wanted to mention that the link to, to access the program and to learn more about the Nutrition for Runners program from Jason and Ann is available at runnersconnect.net slash nutrition plan. And that's all one word, runnersconnect.net slash nutrition plan. So again, once again, I really hope you enjoyed the interview, found a really gr lot of value from it, and uh, thanks for listening.